0: content warning. We believe it's important to fully cover the lived experiences of people with disabilities. We will regularly be discussing topics that may be difficult for some listeners. Please take care of yourself.
1: Hello and welcome to Looking the Other Way the Everything Disability podcast, where we discuss the humanity of disability in a way that is relatable and accessible. We'll be diving into hard topics that are often left out of mainstream conversations. Join us as we flip the script on what it means to be disabled and start looking the other way.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Looking the Other Way. I am your host, Mattia.
0: And I'm Erin.
2: And I'm Em. And today we're going to be talking about people with disabilities in the media. Yes. Yes.
1: And so I figure this will be a topic we'll probably come back to a handful of times. There's a lot of media to cover. There will be more media to cover in the future, of course. Um, Movies, TV shows, um, and whatnot. And so we're just going to kind of touch on a few examples today of what we're familiar with. Um, We'll do some more research for future episodes and watch some other things. But these are just movies and TV shows that we're already familiar with. So do you want to start us off
0: yeah i will say i think the first thing that came to mind when i thought about this topic is that a lot of progress has been made and at the same time a lot of progress hasn't been made it's kind of a weird paradox it's mm-hmm. a little hard to explain um you know but I, I think you know looking backwards in time you know you know when you go back like 20 40 100 years Media portrayals were not good. If very they existed toxic. at all. Yeah. yeah very um, screwed up.
1: Yeah, I think of like one of the earliest um movies I think of uh, is called Freaks, um, mm-hmm. which I watched in one of my um theater film classes a long time ago. I haven't seen it in a long while, but um it's it's uh it's basically um the story of like the early freak shows, the circus shows where they would um put people with disabilities on display for so people could come and pay money to laugh at them basically and so it's um the movie itself is a little more interesting than it's that piece of it um it's not just that this is what was happening and people are coming and making fun of them that is that is happening too but um that story is actually really interesting the characters in that movie are played by people with real disabilities um that i would recommend people see that one that's kind of it's one of the first films with people with disability
0: was that one a silent film
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. So
0: I assume probably like 1920s? I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I can
1: probably find the exact date of that one.
2: Actually, while you're looking that up, I found that uh, of people with disabilities portrayed in the media, 95% of the characters uh, with disabilities are actually played by people that are Mm -hmm. able-bodied. They do not have a disability. So I have found that really Hmm. interesting, just such a high percentage
0: <laughs> yeah well and I think that's exactly the point is that so even though some of the portrayals have changed to be more positive um although a lot haven't um even with that being the case there is still this problematic piece that you know actual people with disabilities are not getting jobs in Hollywood
2: <laughs> yes yeah and it's it's not accurate representation I guess, you know, in kind of thinking of all the movies I've seen um, or TV shows, like, I, yeah, I can't think of really any that (laughs) are actually actually played by people with disabilities Mm. off the top of my head, so.
0: Yeah, I will say, too, the other kind of classic movie I can think of, of kind of the old way that things were, would be Rain Man.
1: That people reference that that one a lot, yeah.
0: And again, another example of a movie not, you know, a an actor who did not have a disability playing someone with a disability um lots of issues with how it's portrayed um and well in in that yeah.
1: case too um the focus is on somebody having savant autism mm-hmm. where they have this one special skill and I, again i've not seen rain man in a really long time but yeah. uh i do i remember scenes where um i think um somebody drops it's not maybe like pencils or sticks or something on the ground and the character instantly knows how many there are. Hmm. And so i there have been some really negative impacts from that. I've had conversations with people where they're like, "Oh, I know all about autism." i saw the movie rain man and i know i know exactly what it's like it that's that's that really cool disability where they can count mm-hmm. like numbers really quickly or they're really good at math or uh, a beautiful
2: mind is um another oh, yeah.
1: one that comes to mind for me yeah.
2: yeah and it creates this box of like okay this person's gonna have this like special skill. skill yeah yes, exactly
1: so i did find so freaks came out in 1931 oh, or okay. 19, is it 32? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I scrolled away 1932 uh, 1932 but while I was looking at it um, this doesn't surprise me being that it's the 1930s but um, the so the cast of individuals who did have disabilities that were in that film um, were not allowed to be on the studio lot during Mm -hmm. filming they were like called in for their scenes and then otherwise had to go back to a tent. So, wow. yeah, well, and it's, it's a horror film, too. And so a lot of <laughs> what they're portraying is that people with disabilities are scary. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and actually, I hadn't thought about this till you said this, um, you know, our conversation before this, but I feel like one of the other really common ways that disability shows up in earlier media, although it's not explicitly stated as disability, is a lot of a kind of a common characters from like the far past like frankenstein or Mm -hmm. like scary monsters or whatever a lot of them we just think of as monsters but a lot of them are very clearly linked to disability i Mm -hmm. think
2: yeah i hadn't thought about that yeah yeah that's really interesting
1: or there, there are like subtleties in different characters like that that relate to different types of disabilities. Like they were, whether it was intentional or not, I'm not entirely sure for every single film out there that's like this, right? But they were um, pulling on like certain characteristics of people that they had met um, or odd things that had come up, like what they perceived to be like strange or funny or odd or whatever, and then use those within the character.
0: Well, and I think a lot of, The stories being told in movies in particular, but movies and TV in this day and age, they're not new. I mean, they're stories Mm -hmm. that come from like the Middle Ages, like old Disney movies are all from, you know, uh, you know, written books from the Middle Mm -hmm. Ages. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you go back that far in time, I think that people with disabilities were really seen as like scary monsters back then. And even if people aren't intending for that to be the case now, like that type of narrative is still In those stories, even if it's not being explicitly stated anymore, it's still there at some level. Yes,
1: I see it mimicked um, in like modern media. So I've seen on a handful of um, TikToks, TikTok videos that have popped <laughs> up. Um, I There's one in particular that's coming to mind where this um, individual is playing a character. He's a comedian. I don't think he's well known or famous, but like with that's like his platform is to make f- uh, short, funny videos. But um, he does a character um, and he just he calls it something like that one annoying kid like that one annoying kid in school and everything he is doing he is like he's mimicking someone who has autism Mm. and a ton of people have pointed this out in the comments and they're like you're making fun of people with disabilities and a bunch of other people are trying to fight it and don't understand it Mm. Um, but it's 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 the same thing mm-hmm. as what was going on. In, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and in some ways, it's... Yeah, I think that's a really common thing where it's like that underlying thing where it's like people can really easily deny what's happening because it's like subtle enough that they're like, oh, no, you're just like seeing something that's not really there, even though it totally he is. He never
1: explicitly said he was making fun of people with autism. Mm-hmm. But if you know anything about what you're looking at <laughs> and what this person is doing... Mm-hmm he's making fun of someone with autism that he knew in school that was seen as the annoying kid mm-hmm. and that's become a character that he's now playing and so i think that's where like older stories i think have come from that place too where it's somebody's account um of what they knew or what happened and thought it would be dramatized would make for, yeah, dramatized would make yeah. for like a good horror movie or whatever it may be
0: well i will say um in planning for this episode we kind of talked about some of the broad categories um, or kind of types of ways that these movies um, portray people and one that we kind of already talked about is you know disability as tragedy um, Mm -hmm. and like as like a negative stereotype and there's a lot of that from the past but there's a lot of that from the present too where um, you know it's not just someone living their daily life it's not just a rom-com about someone who happens to have a disability it's like The whole movie is centered on like how tragic this person's life is because they have a disability. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a really common one. Uh, There's also kind of the hero version, which is kind of the exact opposite where it's kind of it's like one of those feel good movies that, you know, it's supposed to make people who are able bodied feel good about themselves where like the person, you know, has like a horrible life and overcomes it, you know, by basically pulling themselves up by their bootstraps or,
1: yeah. or there's yeah. uh, an able-bodied character that comes into play and cu- like comes in and solves the whole problem like um uh we were just talking about uh the fundamentals of caring oh yes mm-hmm. yeah reminds me of that a lot and so there are aspects of that movie i like and others that i don't so if you haven't seen that movie um i actually i don't remember what disability the individual has but Uh, the main character is in a wheelchair. Um, What I don't like about this is that the person that plays him, the actor, is not actually disabled. And so it's an able-bodied person playing somebody who uses a wheelchair. And so um, the other main character is someone who's able-bodied and comes in as a caregiver working for this individual. And um, the person in the wheelchair lives by the same routine every day, watches like TV at the same time, takes meds and all these things. And so the caregiver, uh, the able bodied hero that comes in, comes up with this grand idea that he's going to take him on a road trip and help him live out all of his, you know, bucket list items. And so the able bodied person is the hero in this yeah. case. There are other pieces of the story that I do like where the person in the wheelchair is portrayed as a real person and not like a helpless child and like talks like an adult and they have like adult banter and he goes on a date with an able-bodied woman. And so there are certain things that were brought um, to the screen that you don't see in a lot of other
2: movies and feel more real. And yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, but at the same time there are other pieces of it that I didn't like so mm-hmm. much. So
0: mm-hmm. well, I think one thing that that makes me think of too, is that um, I feel like, you know, more often than not, people with disabilities and really any minority um, or, you know, anyone from a minority group mm-hmm. in film, they are often the side character in the show or movie and not the main character. Yeah. Unless it's about, it's a tragedy or a feel-good hero story where someone else comes and, and the saves the the whole story is
1: about the disability, right? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, there could be someone with a disability in the story, but they're just...
2: A side character
0: they're, they're there to kind of Fulfill the plot For the main character yes, Or like right. serve some sort of Purpose for the main character mm-hmm.
2: um, I feel like this Kind of falls into That tragedy like um, Genre I guess mm-hmm. um, But it is actually um, Kind of an interesting portrayal um, So Sean Penn plays And uh, I am Sam A father um, And uh, again Addressing He does not have a disability He's playing somebody With a disability however Um, but he ends up, uh, through this whole, I I won't spoil the whole story, Mm -hmm. but, um, (laughs) he ends up having, um, becoming a single father and, um, it's just kind of the, the trials and tribulations of being a single father. And it's, it's really, um, kind of an interesting story, um, But, again, it's wrapped around kind of the tragedy of him having the disability. But it does actually loop in, you know, everyday struggles of being a single father as well. So there's, like, some, you know, positive and some negative in that. And showing, like, that a a person with a disability can have children. Like, that's not something we were seeing in
1: any media, like, 10, 15 years ago. And so, again, aspects that are good,
2: other aspects that are not so great. Yeah, and that movie came out in 2001 for that time or era i thought that was um like positive
0: um so i will say one thing this makes me think of is um so in our current time right now which would be october of 2022 um Mm -hmm. uh there's some uh controversy you could say going on about uh the little mermaid because they recreated it is it actually i haven't followed it super close is it live action yes yeah it is (laughs) i am not super into (laughs) (laughs) disney stuff that much but um But So they cast a black woman um, for the role of Ariel, Mm -hmm. and um, I guess a lot of people are freaking out about that on the internet. And um, so I think um, just what that makes me think of, so I watched um, one of the late night shows, uh, had a thing about that. And um, uh, they were talking about this thing called um, the empathy gap that people across all different like races and abilities and whatever people want to see people who look like themselves or who live like they do on television um you know so people have a harder time connecting with a character who isn't like themselves especially if they have seen less people like that on tv in the past um but part of what they were saying though is that the reason why there are so few characters like this is that uh, the people who make movies and who make tv shows like um people who run production companies um something like 93 percent of them are white men
2: mm-hmm.
0: so with that empathy gap you know because they have found they've done a research that like everybody has this empathy gap at some level um that you know these people who are deciders for what gets to be on tv and in movies are going to be more likely to pick people who are like themselves right which would be you know white and male um as well as able-bodied
1: and straight and straight and Mm -hmm. all the
0: things and um you know and also another thing we just talked about too is there's um a new movie that just came out about um it's like a gay rom-com movie that just came out Mm -hmm. that um You know it was the first kind of gay rom-com by a major studio and it totally flopped at the box office even though it has a lot of really big names in it Mm -hmm. again they think because like straight people just don't see themselves in you know as you know they don't see themselves in it you know they're not the main character in that movie but the reason I bring this all up and kind of like something that you can take action on I think in regards to what we've been talking about so far is that One of the best ways to kind of work against that they found, like with The Little Mermaid example, is if a white person recommends um, a movie with an all-black cast to another white person, they're a lot more likely to watch that movie than if it's recommended by a black person. Um, So it's interesting that, you know, you can kind of get past that empathy gap where maybe I don't see myself as the main character in this movie, but if someone else who I can quote-unquote empathize with because they have a similar identity as myself Mm -hmm. recommends it, I'm a lot more likely to watch it. So, you know, watching movies with you know, people who are, you know, have disabilities and are the main character and recommending that to, like, your friends and, like, you know, suggesting, like, hey, like, you got to watch this. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Not just because you're trying to make people watch movies with people with disabilities, but because they're actually good. Like, (laughs) these movies are actually really good.
1: (laughs) That's fascinating. I really hadn't... um had not thought about that before, but it makes a lot of sense to me. I've, um, I've seen some similar kind of studies and things in my psychology courses along the way. Um, they've done studies on things like this too, where people are more, um, I forget what the term for it is. Um, Bi- the word bias is in there. I can't quite remember what it is, but
2: yeah. Are you, are you thinking bystander mm. That Maybe not. Sorry. Something it's been a long time since psychology for me. So I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not the psych major here. I probably should remember and I don't and that's fine. Um, but
1: uh, on the line of recommendations and recommending things that we think are really good that you should check out, we have a couple of movies that come to mind. So one that um, all three of us just saw this it's in the last. It's so
0: good year uh, we saw yes. maybe yes. in the last
1: 6 months. Yes. Uh, it's called Coda. And so that is C O D A and it stands for child of a deaf adult. And so um Aaron, do you want to give us kind of a recap?
0: Yeah. So um so Coda is a term that's just used for, you know, it's for so children who are hearing who both their parents um I think one or both actually don't know that for sure. I think one or yeah. both of their parents would be deaf, but um in the movie it's Uh, about a family where there's two parents and two kids and both the parents and the son um are deaf and the daughter is not and um and they are uh they are fishers um like they they fish for a living and um I think is it in Maine is that right I don't Ooh, sounds right it's to me. it's somewhere back east but yeah yeah on the water but anyway so um you know kind of like you know lower maybe maybe middle class um but kind of like lower middle um upbringing and she really wants to be a singer and her family just doesn't understand I
1: can't relate to that yeah
0: and um it's kind of the story of her um you know going through you know how does she get past that and um but what I really love about it though is that um you know some, some things I think are really important to point out here is that the actors are deaf that do this they all you know are fluent in sign language mm-hmm. also I mean a lot of the movie is in sign language which I think is really cool mm-hmm. with subtitles so um you know people who don't know sign language you know have to use subtitles for that um, but also, I think it does a really good job of focusing on everyday life. And it's, um, you know, it, it's not like um, some movies where like kind of the more tragedy variety or hero variety where it's like the disability is like so central to the plot, it becomes kind of the only point. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like what that movie portrays is like, what does it look like to live in daily life as this family where there's... You know, three people out of four are deaf. Um, you know, where of course, like that's going to show up in your daily life and there's going to be impacts and there's going to be awful things that happen and great things that happen. But like most of it is just you're living life and you're having dinner as a family and you're going to work and you're going to school and having mm-hmm. a, you know, a potential boyfriend or girlfriend come over to your parents' house and like, right. you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. And, um you know, and, and that, I really got a sense like that is the main focus of the movie and the rest of it is included because it's real life, but not Mm -hmm. because we're trying to make that the only point.
2: Yes. Yeah, it didn't it it felt like such a like I don't know, like attainable is not the right word. What am I trying to say? Like it felt so real, like it felt like Mm. such a genuine movie. Um, versus, like, trying to, like, put this plot together to see if, like, the girl's ever going to become a singer. Like, it didn't feel like that. It felt very, um, yeah, I don't know.
0: I feel like, and I feel like most movies aren't like this, but this movie felt to me like it could have been my neighbor's. You know, it's like it felt just like daily life in that sense where I feel like a lot of movies like have this need to be very grandiose, especially in American movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we're all I mean, we're very much about the whole like Disney happily ever after kind of thing.
1: (laughs) Well, right. And I I don't want to ruin the movie. I do recommend seeing (laughs) it, but we don't see this like grandiose. um, She doesn't go on to like be this big famous like it's not about mm-hmm. her becoming famous that's not what the story is about
0: it's not like glee which we're going to talk about in a minute where like some- <laughs> somehow the entire classroom of students make it big in new york I, from
1: like yes. ohio or whatever
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah we could yeah. move
1: over to that now so an example of something i enjoyed glee when i watched it mm-hmm. i will say i watched this probably a decade ago now in that wild <laughs> yeah it seems yeah. like recently i know, More recently, yeah. I know. Uh, all our
2: young listeners are going to be like what is this What is <laughs> oh, glee no i think, think glee,
1: glee stands up i think i think people <laughs> know what glee is i hope so uh let us know if you don't know
0: what glee <laughs> is listeners we'll feel old it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay
1: so uh, for me having a background in theater and music i enjoyed glee because it it focuses on a glee club in high school and for me going back to like seeing yourself in the show and what's relatable Mm. like that really interested me uh yeah
2: glee club by the way is like choir and theater kind of mix yeah
1: and dance kind of all put together and yeah a lot of aspects of what i'm interested in yeah
0: which i will say i didn't know that's what a glee club was until i watched this show and since some of our viewers may be too young to have watched the show they might not know yeah maybe you wouldn't know
1: (laughs) or i know some schools like we didn't have a glee club growing Mm. up in our school too i really i wish that we had one <laughs> we just didn't uh but there again this is one of those kind of like good and bad to it so there's a character in glee named becky who has down syndrome in real life and plays a woman with down syndrome in the show and i thought that was a really great character um she uh has uh, an attitude maybe I'll say um, she's, she's one of the cheerleaders and um, really is very similar to some of the other cheerleader um, characters in the show. And um, they, they don't um, portray her as like someone who's in the special education classroom or who is incapable. Like she's on the cheerleading team. She's in the classes with a lot of the other kids. I think at some point she becomes kind of like one of the mean girls and she's really awful to some of the other kids. Oh no. I know. But I thought I thought that was really great to show that someone with Down syndrome is not just like just that someone with down syndrome she has this entire character outside of her disability and they Mm -hmm. really don't focus much on that she has a disability it's not a big part of her character which i thought was really
2: cool
0: and i mean i will say they address it when it makes sense to address it i think you know where it's like of course you know there are going to be difficulties that come up like other kids are mean to her because of her disability and like stuff comes up but it doesn't feel like that's like the only point like, yeah. it's not like she's, like, the kid with the disability only, and then we get back to the main plot with everyone else. Like, she's involved in the main plot and, like, is interacting with the other students and, like, has relationships with them. I think she even, like, went on dates with some of them and stuff. I was, I was stuff. just thinking
1: there was an episode, um, and it's, again, I haven't seen it in such a long, I'm not remembering. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the, uh, the sport, uh... Uh,
0: Finn? No, no, No.
1: um, the, like the teacher, the gym teacher woman. Oh, oh, um, Sue Sue Sylvester. Sylvester. Right, right, right. So she, (laughs) we learn later on in the series that her sister has a disability. And so she, um, kind of relates to Becky in that way and wants to look out for her. And I just, I remember one episode where Becky was asked out on a date with a non, by a non-disabled boy. And um, the teacher just had, like, all these red flags and concerns about it that he was going to, like, take advantage of her or had, like, ill intentions. And he genuinely just wanted to go on a date with her. And that was, ki- that was kind of an interesting episode that mm. I really liked.
0: Yeah, I will say, I think the one thing that I really didn't like is, um, do you remember the episode about the school shooting?
1: Yes, yeah. I'm and right.
0: that, like, it was Becky who was the one who had brought the gun to school and like, I mean, I think the way they were trying to portray it is like, she just like didn't know what she was doing Mm -hmm. and like, you know, it accidentally went off or whatever. But, and I, I think, you know, and if there's ever any like Hollywood producers listening to our podcast, (laughs) I think, you know, an important thing to keep in mind is that like, well, yes, that could happen and may have happened in real life somewhere in the world at some point, you know, by a person with down syndrome when, there is such a small number of people with Down Syndrome on television. Any depiction you make is going to stick in people's minds as, like, what people with disabilities are. Like with Rain Man. Yes, exactly. You know, so, I mean, I really did not like that. Even though, again, like, Mm -hmm. that could happen. That probably has happened somewhere at some point in history, perhaps. But, like, you know, like, that was a pretty... I mean, what I'll say is, I mean, I'm... I'm guessing that potentially there have been people with Down syndrome on TV before that. But for me, that was the first person I ever saw with Down syndrome mm-hmm. on television. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um, another another piece of that show that at the time I didn't see it this way. But just as I've gotten older, I've learned um, the character of Artie, who's in a wheelchair, is played by someone who doesn't actually use a wheelchair. I didn't know that at the time when I was watching it. It's um, similar to um, like Degrassi um drake if everyone remembers that that's where drake actually comes from (laughs) is that a a canadian Canadian television show (laughs) show? um that he played a character in a wheelchair um i if i remember i think there had been like some accident or something i've i don't remember what it was but i think his character started out walking and then had an accident at some point but uh, let's see. So um, another movie that I would recommend that I think would be really great to see is called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, and so this movie, um, it uh, the main character is a man with Down syndrome, and he is living in uh, like a residential nursing home and um, has these dreams um, of becoming like a famous or meeting. I think he wants to meet like his idol, who is a famous wrestler. And so, uh, at some point in the movie, he breaks out of the nursing home and is, he's gonna go meet this guy, his idol. And he, um, he meets along, along his travels meets, um, Shia LaBeouf's character. And, um, the two of them just go on this like wild adventure together. And, um, some of the movie, um, It it does um, discuss that he does have Down syndrome. It starts out um, with him being in that nursing home, nursing facility. But um, kind of the gist of the movie is that he um, he can follow his dreams and go on this adventure. And he's not a child who needs to, you know, be living in a nursing home where everyone else is over the age of 65 or whatever it may be. And um, the characters kind of have discussions. Some of the other characters have discussions around this at some point that I think was really good for a lot of people to see that people with Down syndrome can do whatever they would like to do. And so I I thought that was a really fantastic movie. I would recommend seeing that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say one other movie um, or film, I guess you could say that comes to mind that um, we hadn't talked about before is uh, Crip Camp oh Oh, yes yes. yeah and um so this is one I think it came out around 2020 or thereabouts and um great to me it's really well done I think it's it's not exactly um like a movie though it's more of a a documentary documentary, um but I think it's you know it's just it covers a really important part of history and I think um it kind of segues in with everything we've been talking about earlier that just like a lot of how things are portrayed in the past like history gets erased or like stereotypes get put in place and like depictions that are not great get put in place so i mean it's all about the history of um judy human um as well as a bunch of other people who went to this summer camp back in like the 60s i think think, 60s or 70s late 60s
1: early 70s and um all ended
0: up kind of like staying in touch and reconnecting and whatever and um did um some activism quite a lot yeah a lot of, Cap- multiple Capital parts of the country and... um but i know the main one i can think of is in san francisco in the oh. 70s 80s I don't, I don't know if the date's quite right yeah, but yeah. it's where they like had a sit-in at i believe the san francisco city hall i think um yes because of um gosh it's been a couple of years but a certain law that had to do with something was um had already been passed but wasn't being implemented mm-hmm. by the government i kind of think it had to do with like school integration or like or not integration but like um being required to have like a uh, special ed classes or something it correct me if i'm wrong here but
2: the 504 sit-in um, right. in on april 5th um to april 28th um. So, how, mon- how many days? 23 days? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a uh, disability rights protest that began um, on April 5th. Uh, people with disabilities in the disability community occupied federal buildings of the United States in order to push the issuance of the long-delayed regulations regarding Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. So...
0: And I will say too, I think another thing I really liked about that film is that I feel like so many things, like documentaries or whatever, um, they like don't center the voices of people with disabilities. It's like it'll be like a whole thing about disability, like maybe it's like a like a research foundation or a you know, a thing that they're raising money for. And it's like it's like people's parents are the ones who are like talking the most, you know, parents without disabilities are like you know, um, or just you know, like the person who runs the foundation or whatever. But like the whole movie, it's like it's just like people with disabilities like the whole time, and mm-hmm. it's like it's like they are totally centered in the movie. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm I'm being handed some information here. So, um. <laughs> okay, so the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 prohibits discrimination on the basis of disability in programs conducted by federal agencies. Um, so like in like federal employment or like with like federal contractors and that sort of thing, um, in programs receiving, so like any government program that gets money from the federal government, they like weren't supposed to discriminate, um, with uh, based on disability anymore. Um, even after that law passed though, like it wasn't being implemented and followed. So the point of the sit-ins was to like force the government to actually like put some teeth behind it and actually enforce the law.
2: Mm Mm-hmm thank you for translating that as an I, yeah i to know you You're my polysize skills <laughs> yeah. put to use yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh that's probably a good place to wrap up um we've yeah. got lots of other film and tv and movies that we'll be discussing in the future on um, some of our smaller peak episodes uh so we will see you next time yeah.
2: thanks, thanks so listening. much for listening everybody bye, bye.
1: Looking the Other Way is created and produced by your hosts, M, Aaron, and Mattia. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you can find behind-the-scenes content and other fun tidbits we find along the way. Looking the Other Way is part of a bigger conversation, so let us know what you like and don't like at looking the other way Podcast at gmail.com. We value your feedback and look forward to hearing from you.